Welcome to The Cloaked. We are a collective of inquiring minds seeking answers to mysteries both past and present. Join us on our journey to discover that which remains hidden. And now, on with the show. I feel like they they send you there and there's a lot of energy and... I feel like I was in the middle of nowhere, right yeah. where they wanted me to be. And um, I took a weapon with me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> On your and, random Nautica. What kind of weapon? Um, you know, a machete. Oh shit. oh, shit. And, you know, imagine if the police saw me with a, you know, my bike with a machete, you know, just going like, I'm going to you. <laughs> this motherfucker's up to no good. That's how no, you a suspect. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, um, I need to revisit that location, but I felt that there was something there for me to find. Right. Um, I just, I was a little scared, to be honest. So <laughs> I didn't go as deep as I felt like I needed to go. Um, and so soon enough, I'll probably go back, probably this week. Yeah. Next time we do the um, another podcast, I'll do another update, and then we'll go from there. All right. Yes, sweet. We do that. Uh, speaking of going to uncharted places yes. and dangerous places, oh, no. um, places of the unknown, even uh, yeah. you can say <laughs> unknown places. Unknowns. Um, you know, we have we have you know your case here. Um, we have several cases. We have three yeah. cases of missing four one one, and we're gonna just deep deep dive into these cases right now um because these are very interesting it's a very interesting area i mean we always talk about the 411 on how interesting they are because you know it it, it involves the woods you know nature and, and for a lot of people it's the unknown um and, and it's a, it's quite the mystery uh for some people but even even mm-hmm. when you're just going out there for the ordinary walking about or taking pictures or you know, and, and, and like this first case, you know, they were, uh, you know, trying to find with uh, the first case here, Derek Ing- Ingbertson. Yeah, Ingbertson. Um, yeah, Uh He went missing in December 5th of 1998 in the, yes. Winne- in the Winnema National Forest, uh-huh. uh, Rocky Point, Oregon. Now, he was only eight years old. Um, and uh, he was there. This is, here's the thing. He was there with his father and grandfather, and they were there to cut a Christmas tree. You know, right. it's it wasn't even for them. It was some. It was like a disabled, disabled neighbor. Neighbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They bought yeah. an artificial tree, but they still say like we still need to uphold the tradition. Right. So they were being like, you know what? We're gonna hook this neighbor up. Right. We're not able to go out. We're gonna be you know good boys and go cut him down the tree. Yeah, and, and I hate to say it, it's like that. No good indeed. You know? No good deed goes unpunished. Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you meant to say. That's what I meant to say. But I, but I no, mean, yeah. if it wasn't for that, it's a good deed. But if you think about it, if it wasn't for that, they wouldn't be there in that place. You know what I mean? But they were. But they then. were. So they get there, right? They get <laughs> to this area. Yeah, the little boy is bundled in, in, you know, in, in winter clothing. Mm-hmm. He has a hatchet. You know, a little hatchet. Yeah, a little hatchet, yeah. And uh, f- his father and grandpa, they're there to cut a tree. Now, they went around looking for a good tree to cut. They wanted to get the right one. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're looking. And they both, now the father and the grandfather, right, Robert 
and and grandpa Bob. both thought <laughs> that Robert and Bob. I'm Robert and Bob, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly related. <laughs> What's funny is that you know, uh, well, not funny, but dangerously, they both thought that they were one was looking at after their son, Derek. And so that, yeah. the thing was, and that's the thing is like, when you think someone's doing that and the other person's also thinking that you're already fucked up. Yeah. And it it, it leaves you, you know, vulnerable. It is. You know? um, and, yes. and that's, that is what happened. What happens because they realize that he wasn't around. They, they don't hear him. They don't hear yes. him. They don't see him. They start looking for him frantically. And um, now a couple, a couple, what is it like? I think a, about a mile or so from where they're, when they are, there is a steep part of a hill where it goes down into the forest. And yes. then not that far from there, there's the lake, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, of course, there's the highway that's nearby. Now they start yes. looking for uh, for Derek, and uh, they're not able to find him. So, you know, they start calling. You know, I think they they flag somebody down, yeah, um, for assistance. And you know, they call and they say, "Hey, you know, we need help. You know, can't we can't find my son?" Um, and you know, they they call the sheriff's office. Now he it, and this is the part where where it sucks because as soon as this happens. You know, one of the things that we've always talked about with 411 is something that David Politis has always pointed out is there's a sudden weather change. Yeah. And this is no different. You know, all of a sudden, snow starts to fall. And as soon as it starts to fall, it just races into a, a, a storm. You know, what they call, it becomes eventually a whiteout storm. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they call it the... the um, you know, the sheriff's office, they're looking for a search and rescue team. You know, they need to find, you know, their son. And, you know, what ends up happening is um, they try to get a hold of somebody. And, you know, again, this goes back to communication. And, uh, yeah. And what ends up happening is, what, what ends up happening is uh, there's a bit of a latency, you know, from, from the sheriff's office. And, you know, they try to, they try to get assistance as soon as possible, but they're having issues, one, trying to contact the search and rescue people, because there was also at the time a party of some sort, the sheriff's office is trying to call uh, their office, the state police, and, you know, what ends up happening is five hours later, you know, finally, there's there is the uh, what looks like the search and rescue team finally show up. Um, the uh, Klamath Falls Police Department with their mm-hmm. snowmobiles, search and rescue. Uh, two trackers, Larry Hawkins and Dan Anderson, they show up and they start the search. They start looking for him, um, and it's no easy task because again, there is this crazy amount of snowfall and it just makes things tricky to look for somebody because as far as 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 snow is falling it's also covering up tracks correct and so you know as they're as they're looking for Derek they end up finding uh, a shelter 
some kind of little uh, makeshift shelter of branches and stuff. Now, they do have two canine uh, units there uh, trying to pick up his scent, and they take the dogs there. And uh, unfortunately, they're not able to pick up his scent. Now, I don't know if this is, is it because maybe at, by this point, five hours of snow have covered his tracks because that is a possibility. Now, I'm no canine tracker. You know, I'm not very familiar with that. I don't know if that's like my, how much of a difference that makes. Um, but I will say I'm pretty sure that would make it very hard for anybody to see uh, Derek's footprints in the snow. Oh, big time. Um, yeah. And so, again, they, they searched all over the area. Um, now, I don't know how deep you went into looking into how much uh, of the search yeah. they did. Uh, yes, dude. I mean, like, they, like so all, what you said is definitely the story I read here. That um, it's funny, right? They're, they're looking for a Christmas tree. And it's funny that the father decided to go ahead of the grandfather and Derek. Like, he decided to go on. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Derek, he decided, like, you know, I'm tired of chopping down these little trees. I want to go meet up with my dad. Maybe to find, like, the real, the, the nice tree that they've been looking for. Right. They both meet up, like you said, and like, where the hell's Derek? They don't see it. Mm -hmm. like, I thought you were looking after him. I thought you were looking after him and nothing. And eventually they decided to look on their own, but they're panicking. We're like, we can't find this guy. So his dad goes up to the nearby road, flags down a motorist to be like, hey, you got to call the police. You got to call the authorities, right? So they go to a nearby lodge, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like some resor resort or whatever. Yeah. And finally they get a hold of the police and everything, dude. And they finally started looking for this guy, but like there was a blizzard almost. It was like a like a snowstorm. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, right when they're about to get like the leverage from the authorities, this fucking thing comes around. The weather changes all of a sudden. Yes, and it makes it almost not not it may, not just difficult, almost impossible. You're you're covering everything, dude. You, yeah, I mean, you know, and and they were like, okay. So an hour later, they um. They were, they were there for like what eight days eight days looking for this guy mm -hmm. eight days looking for Derek nonstop twenty four seven imagine looking for somebody in the snow or a blizzard for eight days how exhausting that would be oh and, yeah you know and I felt bad dude like it was hampering everything eventually like the authorities called it off and they were like there's no way we can uh, the, the amount of resources it's costing and it's the the fact that it's really dangerous we're not gonna risk it so instead the family continues searching for mm -hmm. Derek themselves right. And it's funny, too, and not just the weather, but like early in the investigation, as I read, is that a witness claimed to see an unidentified man out of nowhere struggling with a young boy. Right. Is that something that you read, too? Yeah. 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 And I don't know if it's coincidence, but the, the man who witnessed the struggle thought that it was like a father and son, which, you know, kind of kind of makes right. sense being there yeah. was a father and son there at the same time that he witnessed this random group of people. And also, two-door Honda was initially linked to the man. <laughs> like, super random. Right. Very. <laughs> like, here's the other thing. Like, how many how many of those vehicles are there? It's such a, a like very... A rural, like a rural, isolated well, place. You won't Well, not just that. There's not much vehicles passing by. Yeah. But true. that type of vehicle, it's so, it's so common. You know what I mean? That's yes. a very common vehicle that... You, if you don't have plates, 
shit, man, you might as well be looking for a needle in a haystack. You know, it's just going to be that difficult. Not like you're looking for like a bright red card. Like it's a Honda, there's millions of them, dude, probably, you know, like everywhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, how, how the hell are you going to distinguish that one versus another one? And yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I mean, and here's the thing. And it, depending on the year, there was Hondas that looked like Fords. <laughs> yeah. That, and that that's like a whole, because a lot of the fucking cars kind of look like each other. Yeah, so it, it's like it's like the uh, the Mercury, and then you think about well, there's Lincolns that look like that, and oh, yeah. then there's Cadillacs that look like Crown, that. Crown Vicks. Crown Vicks, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's that like makers making almost the same fucking car, and then you multiply it, that. Yeah, and then you're looking by color, and if there's no ex- uh, distinctive marks, yeah, you know, there's no fucking random bumper sticker in the back. So, like, what are the odds, though, that y'all think that this kid was abducted? Because it was such mm. a remote area, right? Like, right. how is there an abduction and even a witness to an abduction if they're, like, in the middle of nowhere? True. True. If, if this is such a remote area, Pandora makes a very valid point. If, if it's such a remote area, one, what are the odds of this so-called witnesses, quote-unquote, seeing this in this particular area? Well, then what happens later on, right? Because obviously, like, they, at the time, the weather is bad, and they just assume probably, like, mm-hmm. something happens to the kid. Right. He's probably not alive, and the elements, you know, right. everything just doesn't help. But, I mean, later on, there's, it's more like there was possibly an abduction. Like, there's right. things that point to that, but it never really, really adds up, and they didn't find the body or any remains, right? Like, right. Officially. Uh-huh. Officially, because they even, so they're, over the years, they investigated dozens of people. This included known rapists and pedophiles. Yes. Um, they found interesting information on a lot of, in, on various people. They received a note even saying that, some, well, somebody sent a note saying that they knew who had taken their son. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like, it was like a handwritten note, right? And they also had... Um, a guy actually confessed technically, right? But then he like backtracked, it mm. seemed, or like wouldn't sign, right. saying that he did it. Right. So it almost sounded like maybe he was coerced into saying he it probably, just to avoid like death penalty uh, or to avoid imagine something. Imagine the pressure. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, that the coercing thing is such a common practice with law enforcement that innocent people end up going to jail for something that they didn't do. And at, yeah. at the end of the day, I feel like it's up to the investigators to do a good job on asking the right questions and knowing what the facts are instead of leading the person of interest into a trap that involves... Well, yeah, but here's the thing. It's like, what's more convenient, you know, uh, closing a case and pinning it on a known pedophile and rather yeah. than knowing who the actual abductor was, if it was an abductor thing, because here's the other thing. They looked into the lake, and they initially thought maybe he ran into the lake, was on ice, and okay. the ice cracked and wow. fell through. Yeah. That yeah. could be. That's plausible. And and I, I agree with, like, the, the way uh, police they do their investigation. I, it, of course, it's more convenient for them to... Right. Pay- you know, pinning on, you know, they, they, they thought this Frank James Milligan guy who was serving a sentence for raping a 10 year old boy, they thought that, oh, he was the one, right? right. Like, of course, that's way convenient. 
But I mean, that's chicken shit, man. Like you're gonna right. that that may not even be the guy. Yeah. That guy still is out there, and then there's probably still another crazy man out there. Yeah, and and we can't, you know, we can't just see something like that and go like, well, here's here's the possibility. And again, this is a remote area. Uh, yes. I I've read some of David Politis. Uh, uh, information on this area and he noted that in this particular area you could sit there for hours and you can count the cars in, on one hand oh, and in a, of how many cars you'll see in an hour so no traffic <laughs> so hardly any traffic is coming through here do you guys think that the the dad of the grandfather did something it's possible i hate to they, think they that. passed the polygraph and but then they kind of like blamed each other and then like I think it sounds like they kind of had a falling out after that. Yeah. Do you think, you know, and that's a good thing, Pandora. Like, you think that the the dad took off because maybe there was an argument already? Maybe, like, why are we out here? We're not cutting the tree for himself. You know, it could be anything. Right. I don't find the body yet. Like, you know, maybe that's – that would make me intrigued. Like, why would you take off leaving your father and your son – them to themselves it's supposed to be a men's trip right a tradition together to cut the tree down together mm-hmm. and supposedly the story is he took off but that's like some forensic foul shit like a he said she said kind of a thing right the grandfather yeah. said they stayed behind but the father said he took off and you know it, it just those two things don't add up it seems weird to go look for like one tree but everybody goes separate directions right like exactly. are you all that's... scouting for your own tree or and then the, the little boy was with the grandfather, right? And he Initially, wanted to go back to his dad. So at some point, like, the kid left to his dad. But yes. the grandfather didn't notice. The it, dad didn't know where it, he was. It's hard to identify what could have happened because yeah. things happen so fast that when you're going through everything as, they're, they're ha- as it's happening, details tend to be missed because like i said there's adrenaline there's shit is happening it's chaotic you don't know what happened to this little boy you know you you tend to think well maybe i lost him or you know maybe i saw him but then i didn't or you know maybe he came then he came over here and then i thought he went back to grandpa or something you know what i mean you start going back and reminding and kids move quick now, speaking of kids moving quick, the second case that we're going to go and uh, move into, uh, Samuel. Yes. Samuel uh, Buhuki. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what a name. Now, this is a Buhuki? Yeah. This, this is a very interesting case as well. Uh, uh, now, he, now, he goes missing October 14, 2006. Um, again, a, uh, near the Crater Lake National Park. Now, uh, he was there with uh, his father. You know, his yes. father, I believe, is divorced. They were on an outing, uh, f- uh, you know, f- uh, father father and son type of thing. Um, and so this is one of those things where, you know, they go on this, uh, like a camp kind of a thing. They go to, you know, out there with nature, trying to, you know, bond and whatever, try to do, you know, father and son type things. Now, Samuel here has, uh, has autism. Yes. And so, you know, he has a, he has a bit of a, a, a disability here. doesn't make a difference. He's still a kid. And he's out there with his father, and he's, he wants to play games. You know, they, they have a day of, 
it's good fun. You know, they play cards. Um, they go to this uh, this rented cabin uh, down uh, near the Diamond Lake Resort, um, which was cabin number sixty two. And so, you know, they're they're spending a good father and son type day. And so, you know, they go to uh, the Crater Lake Lodge. Uh, they go out and they picnic, you know, they ate a grilled cheese sandwich, you know, they drank Sprite, you know, having a, a good old time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it was around 4 p.m. that they stopped at a parking lot on this the west side of the road near Cleetwood Cove. Now, this location will be forever etched in the mind of the father because it is at this point where he parks in the parking lot. And now Sammy wanted to take a look at this giant boulder that was there. And being a father, he was like, okay, you know, he's trying to make his son happy and stuff, you know, sharing moments or whatever. And they park and he gets out of the car. And as soon as he gets out of the car, Samuel jumps right out and runs across the street to this boulder. Now his father tries to run after him, you know, and so he goes starts Samuel starts going around this boulder and he starts chasing Samuel. He then realizes that Samuel's running too fast for him to catch up to. So he runs the other way to catch up to him, essentially, because that makes sense. But when he does that, he does not run into him. Now, this yeah. confuses his dad because if Samuel was going around the boulder and he then goes around the other way, he should have met up with him, right? Yes. And so he starts searching for him frantically. He looks into the woods. He doesn't appear that he ran into the woods. He looks back at the parking lot. He doesn't look like he crossed the parking lot. Uh, he looks across at the, uh, there's a building. He doesn't look like he's at the building. He's looking around. He just cannot find him. And then it's at this point he flags, you know, for, for help. And um, he calls uh, for, you know, somebody for the parks to come and help him. And uh, so what's up happening about 30 minutes after that, a park representative shows up. And no later than that, it looks like the rangers show up. And they start looking for Samuel. You know, they they start scrambling uh, to look for him uh, because, you know, he's this kid. You know, where did he go? You know, they Sam, uh, his Samuel's father is just looking for him. And and based on what I love now, when you look at Google Maps uh, in this area, there really isn't a whole lot for him to run around in. You know what I mean? Like if you're standing at the parking lot. You see uh, one. That's ex yes. There is a road. Yes. You look. There's like this, you know, a building, a small little building, and there's a parking lot. Then there's some woods that's further down. There really isn't a whole area for him to hide in. You know. Yeah. Um, I feel like if somebody would have taken him, you would have seen it. You would have heard it. Would have seen them as well. Yeah. Yeah, because. He's a kid. He's he's gonna fight you. He doesn't know who who you are. He's gonna probably scream. Um, and so, to me, this, this is also one of those cases. This is very bizarre. Now it only gets bizarre from here because now, as part of the search and rescue, of course, there's trackers. 
There's a canine unit. Helicopters, dude. Helicopters. Cameras. There was. uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's yeah. Cameras. Yeah, two helicopters. uh, Two hundred people. Canines. Fourteen agencies. And the FBI participated in this one. Now, we always talked about the FBI participating in these types of investigations because, again, the FBI is only brought in when there's a kidnapping, uh, a murder. Foul play, suspicion. Yeah, right. When they suspect foul play. When they suspect foul play. And so those type of situations, it's only when they're brought in. So it's very peculiar when the FBI shows up. Um, now they only found evidence of some footprints of a young person with a small stride that were found on October 20th, 2006, going downhill from the area, from the uh, hill nearby. Uh, but they found nothing. They didn't find anything. Now, when they brought the canines, they found something very peculiar. Now the, the guy handling the canine. They started where he was last seen. They tracked a scent of, of, uh, of the boy, of Samuel. Now, this led to the building that was on the side uh, of the parking lot. The dog would go up to the building. Now, on this part of the wall, the dog would sniff the wall, and the dog would put its paw on the wall, facing the lake he would face the lake he wouldn't face the wall he would face the lake yeah and then he would bark and sit and the dog did this twice that is very strange and very peculiar because the handler said he had never seen the dog do anything like that like put its paw this is what's weird so when the i don't know if you ever seen this but when the dog finds something it will bark and sit It'll yes. sit where it'll find something. And if it's like a, its final answer. Right. It's like its final answer. Yeah. yeah the dog yes. would like would be like, This is this is where I smell something. Either if it's like let's say like I got a hit and it's right here. Yes, yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly, Pandora. Um and so that's kind of what it did, but this dog put its paw on the wall. Which is very bizarre. <laughs> Dude, because the, the dog is saying there's something there. There's something like, in the wall. The dog's like, none of this shit makes any sense. I don't <laughs> put my dog. foot on the wall. <laughs> I, I see many walls before, He's like, and the dog. I don't like, know. <laughs> yeah. What do you think the dog's thinking? I'm like, dude, there's something here, but. It, it, That's kind of what a lot of people thought, that the dog is saying there's something up with this wall. And that lake. You know what I mean? There's duendes in the rock or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, dude, because. Yeah. A lot of people had, there's, there's, there's so many theories on this very odd part of the canine thing. Because some people say, here is where, you know, holding onto the wall, saying here is where the scent ends at the wall. Or, or people are saying that he's smelling the air and it's heading towards up towards the lake. Oh, which is very strange because I feel like if the dog could smell, if the scent is going up, I feel like he would look up or maybe kind of like jump up. Yeah, or get it wouldn't up. just stop at the wall. Like if 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 the scent is not at like the scent is like beyond the wall, well, the dog would just go around and start right. searching for it. But just uh-huh. he stopped there. 
Why? Meaning that it just it's a dead end. Like yes. there's nowhere for me to go. And, and it doesn't make any sense because so they found footprints heading towards down the hill, which they, the, apparently those little footprints end abruptly. Um, they were the kids' footprints. For they sure, don't. Though? They think well. It's a small stride of a small a footprint of a small little individual. Because there's people that think that he was never there. Right. There's but the also story that. is like it's just that, a, to throw you it's off. It's a cover up, right? Yeah. Of of, of something. And I get what, like that too. Right. You know, being a contrarian or right, to all the theories, you could say like, you know, it could be suspicious, right? Like, why all of a sudden that this the He's, he's got autism, but the father said, let's go play hide and seek so you can burn up some steam. Mm-hmm. But yet, it's already getting dark. And knowing that your kid is autistic, you know, he yeah. can, he's, a, it's, he's a wild card. You really don't right. know where you're going to get. You're out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No, I thought it was true. weird because it's kind of like, well, that seems like a weird decision. Like, also sure. In the cold, you're going to put your kid in jeopardy. You're going to put yourself in jeopardy because you're letting your kid you know, um, be free in a sense, man. Like uh, autistic kids, I have a friend who works with autistic kids. They're unpredictable. Yeah. That's mainly what, what you get out of it. And right. so maybe, you know, I'm, I'm just saying here is maybe the father, like maybe he is covering up something. Maybe just couldn't handle his kid anymore. And he made up this story. Right. That could be it too. That's and, possible. And you brought up all these people so, so you can be perceived as being... Um, you know, you know. Oh, I love my child. I need all these people to, you know, search for him. Man, he brought in two hundred people, helicopters, dogs, everything. Man, like he didn't, uh, he didn't fuck around with that. Right. But, but, they, but yeah, I, I feel, know. I feel like if uh, the investigators uh-huh. would have would have looked into the cabin, yeah. If something oh, happened, at the, yeah. if something happened at the cabin. They would have looked at the cabin to see if anything, uh, as worth of, uh, as as far as like foul play, you know, they would have researched that. They would have looked into the father's vehicle. They would have looked into other places they or alleged visit. Does he have blood right. stains on him? Like, does he have right. I mean, like forensic files, bro. You yeah, because when a kid goes missing, the fa- the father is also looked into to be investigated and immediately. And uh, I don't know if y'all guys found any other theories of men possibly even being abducted um, in the area because one would be like, well, if this, if he was there and if this happened, people, it's, this area is kind of, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's kind of like super busy, but other people would have seen somebody uh, wrestling with a kid, trying to throw him in a car or something like that. Um, you would, so there, there is that situation as well. And he didn't like um, loud sounds or bright lights, right? Like, yeah, something right. like that. would have triggered him. Right, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that made the search efforts difficult because, you know, you're calling out or you're doing bright lights and sounds and, like, it's possibly scaring him further and further away right. or, like, he won't come out. You know Freaking what I mean? him out. And like, this is a perfect cover. Right. And they didn't. Uh, I didn't have it, uh, read any indication that they um, investigated the cabin or the car, or if right. they did, they didn't say shit. Or the about dad, it. yeah. Or the and dad. Imagine. I'm like, so. I mean, all we know is his story. Nobody right. witnessed anything at yeah. all. Like we're only going based off a of a you know a, a fairy tale because mm-hmm. there's nothing to corroborate it. And no, if it was like, 
if it was actually premeditated, right? Like, let's say oh, he was, he took his kid out with the intention of, like, doing something to him. Right. He could oh. have had him running around in that area, so you're going to see his little footprints and everything, and mm -hmm. then he just gives you the timeline all wrong. Like, oh, he was just here, right. when maybe it was actually or, hours ago. Or know? is this something kind of what uh, Pandora and I had talked about? Unless, unless something happened to him in a different area... Mm -hmm. And then he read, rented the cabin and this and that. He did a whole thing to be he like... He showed up at all these places he said they were mm -hmm. and made it look like he had a kid there, but there really never was a kid there because he had already committed the crap. Again, this is all, you know, speculatory for entertainment, you know, kind of yeah. theory. You know, we don't Just know... another because, way to look at it. Cause... You know, we don't have the information of that if he wasn't uh, seen as a suspect and but, if he wasn't... Because a lot of people wasn't, think wasn't it does seem kind of suspicious. Like, oh, you couldn't right. catch up to your kid. Like, you, you completely lost yes. sight of him. And, like, what? You know? Right. And knowing your kid for eight years, knowing that he's autistic, you know exactly what his, his capabilities his are, his intentions. Like, you, right. you don't assume anything. You know what's going to happen. And, and like, then I, all of a sudden, one day, things change all of a sudden. It's out of your hands. I'm like, I don't – doesn't – I don't know. Unless you, I'm proven wrong, I think that guy is still a suspect, his father. Because I don't know what kind of vehicle he had because there's child locks. You know what I mean? He could have had a child lock on the door. You know what I mean? So your kid would have run anything. off. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Um, but true, I mean, true, true, true. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, as, as we move on to other another case uh, that happened near Crater Lake, uh, we look into the case of Nathan Matson. Yeah. Um, now this happened October twenty second, nineteen eighty nine. Now this is in the area of the Chutes River yeah, Valley, the Chutes River Canyon. Yeah, National Forest in uh, Oregon as well, of course, because it's yeah, uh, around Oregon. Is gobbling up. Well, I mean, if, <laughs> for, if for our listeners, you'll start to see the pattern here. Um, now, he was nine years old on the day of his disappearance. Now, this is a very interesting because on, on this particular uh, case, now the, uh, the Madsons here, they did a cattle drive. Yes. Um, so they did a cattle drive, uh, and they would go from the, uh, this area they, they had their cattle, and they would drive their cattle all the way to Veneta, Oregon. This would take the, the herd over there. It would, it would be quite the drive. Now, for those people who don't know, cattle drive is something that still happens in a lot of the parts in the United States, especially if they have a large cattle. You know, they do these big, long cattle drives uh, to drive the cattle to a different area where multiple things can happen, where it's either for, for food, it's either for, um, uh, for them to go to a slaughter, or for them to be heard to a different area where they're going to be taken care of uh, for the winter or for the summer. You know, it just really depends on the seasons because, you know, that tends to change. Uh, so, you know, it, you, and they have uh, Nathan here, you know, being uh, nine years old on a horse. You know, how many nine-year-olds do you know? that are able to get on a horse all by themselves. Dude, I can't ride a horse. You know? <laughs> and he had his own pony, you know. Name Tony. Yeah. Name Tony. Yeah, sure. um, kind of so, great, dude. Yeah. Tony the pony. Tony the pony. <laughs> and so, you know, um, not many kids know how to do that, uh, especially no, being out there 
uh, with, uh, in nature. Now, his father, Jerry, was with him. And uh, the drive was already getting pretty long and, and tired some. So um, he wanted to go back home. You know, he got tired, getting cold. You know, he wants to go back home. So he tells his son, Jerry, Jerry tells his son, uh, Nathan, to go back home and to, he assumed that he would use the trail that they were on. You know, yeah, it's, it's this, uh, cold, right? right. And so there's this long dirt trail that he could have gone on and he would have mm-hmm. followed through. He would have gone home. Uh, now he gets back. Uh, to his wife, Sarah, and she says that, you know, their son, Nathan, hasn't come back. And so they start searching for him. You know, they start searching for him. They call in the authorities. They show up, and they start scrambling to do the uh, search and rescue. And, you know, a good amount of people are deployed. Now, the temperature starts to drop. Um, this is one of those situations where, you know, the weather starts to take an effect almost immediately um, as soon as this occurs. And so, you know, you have all these people looking for him. Um, flurries of the, the U.S. Air Force uh, reserves go into looking for him. The Sheriff's Office of Klamath County, National Guard, uh, the U.S. Smoke Jumpers, the Civil Air Patrol, the Oregon National Guard, like you said, the Douglas County Sheriff's Office, tracking dogs, citizen volunteers, uh, and then the immediate family who were involved in the cattle drive. Um, you know, they're all searching within this 13-square-mile canyon area. Um, and so they end up, you know, exploring over 60 square miles looking for him. That's and long, dude. that is a lot of territory to cover. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they scramble, they start looking for him. Now the detectives, Mark Hannigan, starts to interview people who were involved in the cattle drive. Now, okay. like I said, so, you know, a missing kid, they, you know, the authorities are going to want to know what happened. You know, want to know a timeline, who was involved, who saw him, because this is a kid, he's missing. He shouldn't have been missing. This is an area that he's very familiar with. He's on uh, a horse. He's on this pony. And, you know, he's out there alone or, you know, something could have happened. So, you know, they, they need to ask all the questions to have all the information to know how to yeah, go to, out to there and context. look for him. Exactly. And so, you know, they they go out there and they start looking for him. Meanwhile, they start asking questions onto on the family. And, you know, they go through a timeline. You know, what happened to your kid? What direction did he take off? What was he wearing? What was the horse? Was, you know, asking questions about the horse as well. And yeah. so the helicopter did a flyover as well in the area. And nothing, you know, and, and what happens is now this, you know, they start looking, nothing, you know, nothing's coming up again. Yeah, this is started on October 22nd, by October 26th, the, you know, everybody's being involved looking uh, for different areas uh, for, for Nathan. October 29, you know, then the detectives start going in and asking more questions uh, November 19th, at this point, um, 
some hours for uh, for a helicopter gets to be sent out. They get donated, so you know they're looking out for him as well. Um, and so you know he's you know he's not found. You know what I mean? And Jerry continued to go out there looking for his son. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh-huh. You know he, he went out there every day looking out for his son. Well, on no- November 19th, they did find the pony. Oh, yeah, that's right. November 19th. Which was kind of like, okay, maybe we're getting warmer here, but they, they only found the pony. Yes. It looked uh, like it had been losing weight, right? Not eating properly. Right. And he didn't, the, the pony didn't have the, the saddle or the blanket or any of the stuff they knew it, like, it would have had on it. Right. So, but that, that, that was it. Like, there was... No other signs of the boy, Nathan. No, no other signs. I mean, they no. They continue to look no. for him, and I think that uh, by this point, you know, nineteen ninety had rolled in, uh-huh. still looking for him, um, and it wasn't until July twenty first they find human remains, and you know, they the the team that actually found it, you know, they. These remains that look like that of, of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing here is that they found uh, the saddle and clothing at the scene that belonged to Nathan. This is how they knew it was Nathan. That's crazy, though, man. What can mm-hmm. happen? Like, why all of a sudden did they just find that? Well, it, I mean, it got ravaged or something. Well, based on based on what they found, I mean, they didn't find a. Lives. I think they find those limited remains. Yes, they found a skull and long arm bones. And I think this is where they found fragments. Am I right? Just like little fragments. I guess some longer bones from the arms, right? But that was it. No no spine, legs. none None of the larger bones were found, which is very strange because, you know, it's not like he had been missing that long for the body to be found in such a bad shape. Like it's been about a year. And so it's like right. the bones wouldn't just disintegrate. Right. They point. shouldn't be so fragmented like that. Why was it, why were the bones fragmented like that? It looks like it was, a, it, I mean, they sprinkled the bones. Why wouldn't the whole body be there? Right. Exactly. And here's, here's the other thing where, what I find peculiar is that, so many people went out looking for him. This this area in particular where, one, the horse was found, Tony, because the, the body of the remains weren't that far from where they found the horse. So if this area had kind of been already looked into because it was within the geographical area that was searched, why wasn't this area looked at? I feel like they did because they said they, they called off the search because they were like, we ran out of places to search. Like, right. we looked everywhere. That, that was the initial commentary. We should have just been on this little path. They did, you know, the initial search. They expanded right. it and that got searched mm-hmm. and nothing. It's funny that, and that too, like the Madsen family found the remains, not the authorities. Right. They were searching their own, like in July of 1990. They somehow found the remains, but it wasn't. They weren't sure if it was Nathan, but they thought it was some somebody of a you know little a boy, little boy, yeah, right. And because you know, yeah. no, no, go ahead. 
No, that's it. And and that is uh, kind of weird. That's what I'm saying. That kind of like threw me off a little bit that they happened to find the remains in an area that was supposedly searched. But um, Jerry, his father, said that, well, you, must, you may have not searched this place. That's why mm -hmm. I found it. I'm like, well, how convenient for you to say that when there was a 60-mile radius that they were looking into, right? And so, right. You know, that kind of like kind of, kind of you know, threw my – you know, fuck read meter. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Another one where like the dad's the last one to see the kids. So right. and and Lloyd's the last one. So here's the thing: like they they sent the jaw and the teeth to go be identified, you know, yeah. by forensics, and it was positively identified as Nathan Madsen. Uh, so it was him. Now this yeah. case again is very peculiar because, you know, the sheriff you know, suspected the the father being part of possibly a homicide involving Nathan. Now, nothing was ever uncovered that assisted or foretold that he was actually involved in anything like that. Now, the bones, if you look at the bones, they are very peculiar and very interesting to find it fragmented like that because there's no real reason uh, for that for the bones to be like that. Why would the bones be like that? Uh, and to, in my understanding, for such a short time, uh, you would have found the body decomposing still, um, uh -huh. in a di obviously in more, be because of the terrain and because of the, of the weather. weather. Yes, it would have been- It would in, have froze the body. It would have froze the body, exactly. And so this is very interesting how the body was found. Now one can say, well, maybe he, he was there and he tried to cover himself because of the winter uh, of the winter temperature and the temperature change and the drop that he would have changed. Uh, you know, he would have like covered himself to be warm and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then maybe he passed away from hyperthermia and then he was attacked by wild animals, but there's no proof that he was attacked by any wild animals because you know, his clothes would have been tattered. His, you know, they would have found evidence of animal attack, Medical animal attack. deportation. Yeah, exactly. So there isn't anything like that. Now, this case, for a lot of people, it does remind them of Charles uh, McCuller. Um, if you remember, we did this episode on Charles um, a while back. It's one of our, our first missing 401 cases mm -hmm. where the ankle bones were found in the socks. And, yeah. you know, where the body was found pretty much intact, but with missing bones and stuff like that. And it was very peculiar that this, you know, the way he was found, it was almost like if he melted out of his clothes yes. um, because his clothes were still laid in a certain way. And so that kind of, this, you know, particular case kind of reminds me of that. And Pandora makes a very good point. All these three cases share a very interesting um, facts because all these missing kids were near Crater Lake National Park. They were there with their, uh, their father figures or some kind of authority. Um, they were near the large body of water. Uh, two of the, missing, of the missing boys were in October. One was in December. Two of the boys were eight years old. The other boy was nine. The storm hit or temperature change and those cases, massive searches for these boys, obviously, but no evidence in the area of where they went. Mm 
if yeah. you go back at what we said, and if, you, if our audience goes and looks into these cases, there really isn't a whole lot of evidence as to where they went or what happened. No. Yeah. So it, it, it just kind of leaves you, again, thinking, what were the possibilities? What happened? Pandora made a very interesting point the other day on one of our last cases. Corey, um, uh, I believe, you said cow mutilations. Oh, Corey Faye? Yes. Because, yeah. um, you know, we always talked about when we ever, whenever jokingly, we kind of talked about this in one of our episodes that what if Bigfoot in the UFO and caves had, were all tied to these certain areas, these clusters. When we did that, they we, kind of are with the maps overlaid, yes. right? When the maps were overlaid, they were also tied to missing 411 cases. Uh, with yeah, cave systems and with UFO sightings, yes. with sightings. Right. Yeah, the, map, yeah. the, the maps are, they're inter, they interlock. They interlock in a lot of points. And I remember Hoffman kind of looked into the and into that, and he started, he brought up the maps, and we looked at them, and all the clusters overlaid exactly over each other. Hey, that's fucked up. That's fucking weird. <laughs> that that's wrong, man. I mean, you don't think these cave systems? It's not just like a, it goes in fifteen feet. I think they're tunnels that right. lead all across the U.S. And Bigfoot, I think there <laughs> there's like a dark area, like this dark entities that use that. Yeah, because children for whatever kind of a reason. Because I remember one time we threw out the theory of what if Bigfoot was an alien. And an alien was wearing the Bigfoot costume. And if he was running around being an explorer in this Bigfoot costume collecting shit, you know, like an explorer does in a new world, collecting plants, trees, trying insects, to blend in with the environment is thinking that they're blinking they're blending in with the environment, dressed at this fucking scary thing. And you know, hey, I can run around dressed as Bigfoot and people are just gonna stand and stare. Yeah. And not really attack me or anything. And be that's intimidated. Exactly. Like he's got nothing to worry about. Yeah. And you, you can think about it. What if this is a far out theory, but I mean, there's. <laughs> but it's been, our theory. <laughs> but it's, a, it's our theory. And we've talked about strange things, and stranger things have occurred. Now, if you look into this, what if, and this is, the, this is our theory. This is a, a cloaked theory of these fucking aliens putting on this Bigfoot costume that's like a robotic type fucking costume that it's almost like super fucking advanced technology that they can transform and become invisible like the fucking predator and run around treetops in the northern mm -hmm. state. You know, and if they're doing that, they can fucking hide pretty much anywhere. And I know this sounds crazy because... If you think about it, people see them and then they don't. Yeah, they're huge. Like, how do you just not see them? You know, I know there's trees out there and sometimes it gets thick, but some of those areas are really not that thick. You don't hear that with like, oh, I saw a bear and then he was gone. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Now, You'll if see you, the bear run off. Yeah. Right. Now, we, there was more recent, another missing 411 uh, documentary called The Hunters. 
Now, if yeah. you see this documentary, at the very end, they talk about these guys, and I've mentioned this before, these guys, these group of guys that were hunters, they went out there and, and they now didn't say, but it's somewhere in Northern California. Now, they used to go in this area and they started experiencing these Bigfoot noises, right? This first it was noises, then they were like, these are Bigfoot noises. And so they formed this little cabin within a cluster of trees. They put in, they made a shelter and they would hide in there to see if they would see anything weird. Mm-hmm. Now, no this is, I, I strongly, if you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend it. I completely recommend it. These guys, now these are fucking men. These are grown ass men in this little mateship cabin. And they hear about, they hear noises, these loud Bigfoot noises. They, they hear these crazy loud thumping. lights too, right? Now, yes, <laughs> what Pandora would just said. Now, the very interesting part is they saw lights, what looked like straight up light rods going, passing wow. through trees. Almost like fluorescent light bulbs, like the long ones that, right? Like in an office building, mm-hmm. kind of? Yeah. Those long just light bulbs. Oh, yeah. going going straight through the woods just like if it like it was searching for something yeah oh it could be a search beacon you know exactly but if you think about it these are grown-ass men they don't need to fucking lie to anybody they're not writing a book they're not telling you anything they saw something yeah And, and 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 they hold this place so sacred they won't share it with anybody because wow. they're afraid that people will come to this area and it will be oversaturated and become less sacred. Now, yeah. I recommend for people to see it because David Politis interviews these guys. And I don't think any these guys were lying. I think these guys were telling the truth. They saw something out there. And if, if you're a city slicker and you believe that this is possible and you've never been out in the woods or in the forest, I strongly recommend for you to one day, I mean, I know we're struggling through here through COVID and stuff like that, but some of the national parks are open. Now, if you go out there, you put on your mask, you use your safety precautions, and you head out there, you explore, you take a camera, there's a, there's a slim chance you might find something. But if you do, you might find something. Shit, you, who knows? You might find a big floor. You might see some glowing lights in the air and shit. Some <laughs> stairs in the woods. <laughs> that was you really might find something. But, but, I mean, at the end of the day, what do you guys think? Do you agree with that, what I just crazy? With the, my crazy? Are crazy? I was going to say, wait, I've contributed some of that no, crazy. No, you've contributed a good amount of this theory. <laughs> I think... Um, Dude, for real, like, uh, you know how Hoffman was um, showing us the maps and they overlay. For real, that's something that I think the, the authorities know, but they're so scared that they, they, they don't want to release that information. Mm-hmm. But then they, have, they don't have the power to keep anything to keep us safe in our heads. Right. That's what it is. They, from pandemonium, from, from you, know, you know, not going to work because there may be something out there, right? right. Imagine, like, that information is so sensitive that you feel like you can't release it to the public. Right. And I feel like a lot of these cases, um, especially with um, little children, they're vulnerable. And maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. in, in a wooded, wooded area and it's snowy, I think if you're Bigfoot, this is a grand opportune time to take it's what a- you need. 
it's always that too, where like, as soon as somebody gets separated from the group, right? Yes. Like, oh, the kid walks away or the kid goes to walk to the other adult. And then it's like, boom. And, and this gone. is very, only because I recently saw a National Geographic um, on the Disney Plus channel. <laughs> yeah. I saw the, the wolves. I saw these wolves and how they hunt. And that's what they do. That's a predator move, that's right? A predator, you go for the weak ones. There's a classic exactly. alpha predator move. They separate the weakest one. And if the weakest one, the most vulnerable, separates, that's the one they're going after. That's exactly what it reminds me of. So I don't know if we still have time, but like I just came across this post for somebody who is like a volunteer with like search and rescue stuff, mm -hmm. but they specifically go in with dogs. Right. They said that in 1989 and in 1990, the Klamath County Sheriff refused to use search dogs in the case of Nathan Madsen and also Derek uh, Ingbretson. Hmm. So that's kind of weird, right? That, that they weird. refused dog teams? Yeah, because um, you he, said it was... He, his opinion is that they could have found these kids had they not done that. And you said it was for Nathan and Derek? Yeah. So our, our first and our third case. Yeah, because um, they made it sound like there was a latency with the canines. It's almost like, well, do they know something? Are they trying to not find? Because, you know, dogs can't lie. Like, do dogs, dogs find were, something. Yeah. yeah, because I just realized uh, they really, did they mention, they mentioned dogs, don't they? For I thought so, but I mean, it, it's also like, well, did they bring them in like all after the fact or Yeah, because time? for the Derek one, they made it seem like the dogs, the canine unit was a little, um, a little late. And so for the Samuel, it sounded like initially the dogs weren't there. Mm -hmm. so I don't know if it, that was also, it said something that was also thought of uh, for the Samuel case, but um, yeah, that is very interesting that they uh, were refusing to use that. Uh, because yeah, if 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 you wouldn't use canines because whatever is out there, you fear that that whatever it is is either going to alert mm -hmm. whoever is out there or whatever is out there. Sure, I right? agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's and yeah, that's my point, dude. It's just it's wooded, it's rural, it's away from a lot of people, it's away from exposure, and I, um, I mean, especially the vulnerable. Like the, yeah. the weak, right? The weaker um, people in society, which are the children, right? I mean, they're just vulnerable because they're small in stature. Yeah. And, and that shit's been going on for a long time. It's kind of scary, man. I think that, you know, David Politis has really put a lot of emphasis on these areas within the U.S. Oh, yeah. People go missing. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, again, like very interesting cases. Uh, for the missing 401. Now we have tons of these cases. Um, I think this entire month I'm going to do missing 411 uh, just because, you know, I had I had promised, you know, to do a month of missing 411. And it's been a while since I've done, you know, some a really good missing 411 uh, cases like this. And so, you know, I definitely wanted to continue doing some of these. Um, and then we'll move on to, and for the month of December, move on to some different uh, topics. Uh, but again, guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Again, like, share, tell your friends, give us a comment, rate us on iTunes, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Later.